Welcome back to The View from Our Ark on the Deeper Riches Podcast. And you're laughing. You can't <laughs> laugh at me when I'm doing it's the so intro. Funny. What's funny? No, it's this thing's been going on for quite a while. <laughs> I know. This is episode seven of The View from Our Ark, and yeah. I'm your host, Michelle Cho. And as usual, I have with me my favorite Ark buddy, David. Good morning, David Cho. So yeah, we are in week seven, and it is a little bit comical, but... But at the same time, it's really not funny. Well, I think some of the challenges we have with the shelter-in-place guidelines, and then you've got to parse out, like, what is a guideline versus what is a law? Because there's all sorts of regulation. I don't mm-hmm. call no, it a regulation. It's an executive order yeah. of some sort We're all just from trying Governor to, Tim Walz. We're all trying to figure out how to continue to live life um, while respecting the authorities and protecting yeah. people around us. And, and nobody really knows what we're doing. No, but none of us know what we're doing. Yeah. And so we're just trying to find our way. And then the, the, the nation is going through a lot of differences because you have um, states like Texas and Georgia yeah. beginning the reopening process. Even mm-hmm. Minnesota has with certain um, employees being yeah. able to go back to work. Yeah. But churches, no. Yeah, that's so you, hard. So it's interesting how... You know, you can go, I went to Fleet Farm and Mm -hmm. it was just packed Mm -hmm. with people. Mm -hmm. But somehow we can't meet even 10 people socially distant to worship. worship. I just find this troubling, to be Mm -hmm. completely honest, because we're we're, we're now going on seven weeks. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we're we're doing a lot of praying about this to to just ask the Lord for uh, guidance and wisdom. Yeah. I'm thankful that since the weather has improved, there is a lot more, you know, human social contact in terms of being able to see neighbors, Everybody's opportunities outside. to have you know, spiritual conversations. We've had lots of good I think the I think the the people the who the people who are the biggest rebels against all of this the social distancing guidelines are the children. I mean, that's the hardest part is is kids just. They're have not rebels. No fear. They're not they rebels. They have no fear, so they're, they're just going for it. They don't just, understand. Yeah. They don't understand. There's no... Well, but well again, I say rebel tongue-in-cheek, you know. Then again, you know, like our kids always play in the streets, so they're they're not good in terms of risk management on any level. <laughs> and I think Zeke got grounded from his bike twice in the last week for reckless behavior. The kids were reminding me that when I was their age, I used to jump off the roof of my house. Oh, yeah, you did. Into the grass, so I was not... Not a good example. I was not a good example. Kids are not great at risk management or risk aversion. Yeah, but the weather's been really nice. Yeah. We've been doing lots of the, walks. So the weather... A ton of walks. The weather being nice is Lots good. of gardening. I think I'm sure we're not... A lot of gardening. We're not the only family that is feeling that <clears> as the weather gets nicer, it's harder to get any school done. Yeah. Um, it's really hard to be in the house. I'm having a hard time being productive. But, you know, we were talking before the podcast about how just, you know, we started with some really strong routines. And in the last week or so, those have started to slip. Um, and, yeah. you know, morning meeting isn't necessarily happening because, you know, I was meeting. working on a writing project. And so then the kids were getting up later because I was not waking them up. Um, but now we're going to get back to it. That's yeah. the key. Yeah, I guess... just, the key is snapping, not snapping back, but just getting back. It. I do agree with you. Like discipline routines, like they can be like New Year's resolutions. 
that's kind of exactly how I feel right now. Like, like we set out with these resolutions that we're going to do this and then this is going to be great. And, you know, we're going to do these things and this will be the routine. And then, you know, one day it doesn't happen. And then the next day it's harder to do the routine. And then the next day, and then it it becomes a new habit that we don't have. Negative routines only take two days. Right. Positive routines take 40 days. Isn't that weird? Yeah. It's very lopsided. But even with the 40 days, like, even even after that, there is, in two days, it can be off. Like, you can lose your momentum. So I feel I do feel like in the last week, we lost some momentum with our the disciplines. I mean, I, I was really consumed with the project, so I wasn't making sure things were picked up. I wasn't keeping the kids on routine. It's, so, it's, hard, it's hard to do all of these things because there's only 24 hours in the day. Mm-hmm. And then we're semi-spontaneous when the weather's nice. Right. Truthfully... There's so there have been so few nice days that I think it's really important. And then you know I've been going outside and doing a lot of yard work. Mm-hmm. So it's like we're just trying to find as the weather the weather shifted. Yes, that's what's happened. It's that coincided with the weather shifting. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important. Um, I I really appreciate how you said just you know just turn back around and just turn back to it. Um, I mean. We may need to develop new routines. We may need to shift something a little bit. Uh, but ultimately, if we if we know what works, when we realize that we have fallen away from that, we just have to return to it and reprioritize. Yeah. The morning the, meeting. The morning meeting. Um, you know, for many people, that would be like the time in the word. I mean, this is this is the story of of. Humanity. Of Christian disciplines, right? Is is you can rock it for a while, and then you have a period of time where oh, you are sleeping in and not getting up to do your Bible reading and prayer, and and it's easy. I think the enemy wants to sit it, have a sit under condemnation, yeah. and just feel guilty yeah. about those things. When you know we need to walk in the freedom of all of that's been forgiven. All of the ways we fall short of, of the glory of God have been forgiven. Even when we're doing our very best, we still fall short of the glory of God. By a lot. So our relationship with God is not based on some scorecard that we, you know, we now have certain number of points. We have more yeah. points or we're winning because right. we are rocking it with all our spiritual disciplines or our routine with the family or well, you never, family devotion. There's no such thing as rocking it with spiritual if you ever say that to yourself in the same sentence, mm-hmm. that means pride is correct. Spiritual in. pride, yeah. So, so we just need to. Um, I think that's true for everybody at any time. That when we find that we have fallen away from the disciplines which help to guard and guide our life, yeah. we need to just return to them with, yeah. with and receive the forgiveness and grace of God in all of yeah. that. And part of this is is to is also to have um, superordinate goals. You know, there's the daily routine, which we're going to do, but we also have, you know, the Ramadan. Mm-hmm. Um, there's you know, prayer. Fasting we're and we're fasting and praying for Ramadan. And we found a great uh, website called PrayerCast, mm-hmm. where these are incredibly um, well-done videos that mm-hmm. are praying for uh, unreached people groups, particularly in the Muslim world. And it's very powerful. Yeah. So our encouragement is just to pray along with prayer cast. Well, that's, um, you know, some people might be kind of confused because we're Christians, not Muslims. And so the fact that <laughs> you, you just said, oh, it's Ramadan, so we're praying and fasting might uh, be confusing to people. So why do you choose to fast and pray during 
Ramadan because you're under no obligation to do that as a Christian. Yeah, that's true. Well, it's interesting because it's leading up to our talk and you see in uh, Daniel chapter 9, it's kind of like saying to Daniel, why repent on behalf of the nation? Mm-hmm. He, he's in the entire book completely righteous, but it says in Daniel 9, verse 2, he's reading the book of Jeremiah about the captivity in Babylon being 70 years and mm-hmm. he's coming up to the 70th year and he's realizing it's not too far away. Mm-hmm. So he r- repents, he prays and he fasts in sackcloth and ashes. This is Daniel 9, 3. And then he, he repents on behalf of Israel, un- faithless Israel, but he he internalizes it and and he says things like this. We have sinned and done wrong. We have been wicked and rebelled. We have turned away mm-hmm. from your commands and laws. We have not listened to your servants, the prophets. And 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 then he looks at this now Daniel nine eleven. He says, Therefore, curses and sworn judgments written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, have been poured out on us, because we have sinned against you. You have fulfilled the word spoken against well, us. Well, because Daniel's sitting exiled in Babylon, yeah. away from Jerusalem, um, and so he is suffering for the sins of his fathers and his father's fathers and all the idolatry yeah. that Israel did. So God kicked them off the land yeah. and sent them in exile to Babylon. And so, yeah, he's that that it's been 70 years, and he is suffering through other from other people's sins yeah so other people's it's a good, spiritual situation has an impact on and yet not he, just themselves but on and others. yet he doesn't look at god as unjust yeah he's not praying god this is no fair it's i not didn't fair. do this i didn't do this so yeah. this is this is important theology because as we go through covid and quarantining and all of these things it would be tempting to be self-righteous and just only think like those liberals deserve this or those conservatives conservatives or whomever <laughs> it may be that you don't like mm-hmm. and view it as God's judgment only on them. And I'm going back to why do we pray and fast for Muslims? It's it's Daniel is looking at prophecy being fulfilled and yet he viewed prayer as some operating mechanism of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And and we don't fully understand how prayer and fasting and all of these things work. We right. see in Revelation how prayers go up to God like incense, and mm-hmm. He puts them in a censer, and and then and then He hurls it down to earth as judgments. So there there is some sort of a mechanism that the Bible describes, but it doesn't go into complete details. Mm-hmm. No, we all, don't. We, we don't know how. It we works. know His example mm-hmm. is to. Pray and, be, and fast and repent on behalf of others. That's that, the point. That's what Daniel is doing. He is praying and he is, is this is in a time of fasting and prayer um, that he's doing that. You know, you're talking about praying. Um, he saw the prophecy is being fulfilled or, or he knew what was prophesied was 70 years right. of the exile <clears throat> through the prophet Jeremiah. And so he's like, well, then this, then I guess I will pray. Like, yeah. this is what the prophecy says, so this must be what God is going to do, and yet I will pray. Right. It's, it's, not, it's, a, it's a kind of well, a funny thing. Like, we, 
we pray even we pray and ask for God's will to be done. We pray what his Knowing revealed that he's will already is, going to do it. He's going to do it and yet for some reason he wants us to pray and participate with him in that way. Yeah. So what what prophecy is it that we're looking at? Yeah. We we're, we're we just turn at... back one page. Yeah. We turn back one page to Daniel 7. Yeah. And it says, I saw in the night visions and behold, this is verses 13 and 14. Uh, and behold, with the clouds of heaven, there came one like a son of man. That's the title that Jesus used for himself more than any title, other, any other title um, in the four gospels. There came one like a son of man, and he came to the ancient of days and was presented before him. And to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom one that shall not be destroyed. So when we pray, you know, Father, hallowed be your name in all the earth, and your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, yeah. we're, we're praying this God vision. God what he wants to do. Yes, which is that his name, who he is, um, the truth about him would be known in all the earth, that people would worship him, uh, in truth, that means who he really is, not not through lies or um, false ideas about God. Well, yes, and, and that his kingdom would come, and that kingdom is a kingdom of all peoples, all nations, and all languages. So, so we look at this prophecy and say, this is what God has promised He's going to do. And now, how is He going to do it? Well, He's doing he, it through, through people, through people, through and, his church. and through our prayers, and through going and. And so it's just a love Through for our obedience, a love for people, a love for people and a desire for them to know God, a love for God and a desire for his will, which has been expressed in scripture to be done, which is all tribes and nations and tongues and people surrounding the throne of God. Yeah. We're looking at that vision, which God proclaimed in his word, yeah. which is where this whole thing is heading. And we're saying, oh, that's what the prophecy says. That's what your word says. That's yeah. what you're going to do. So we will pray that. Then yeah. we know we're praying according to God's will. It was interesting. I was talking to someone about the rapture and about you know the end times because um, we're COVID. Think about this. And this is interesting. In Daniel 9, it says, Under the whole of heaven, nothing has ever been done like what has been done to Jerusalem. Um Anytime there is a statement like nothing has ever been done mm-hmm. like this, or we've mm-hmm. never seen anything like this, mm-hmm. it kind of marks a change of epochs, mm-hmm. epochs in human history. So for Daniel, it was the, the visibility to the end of the Babylonian captivity, right? Mm-hmm. Where, where is that when you that said was, nothing has ever been that done? That was uh, Daniel 9, 12. So then you look at today. And how many times people have said, we've never seen anything like this. Mm-hmm. We've never seen oil trading in negative dollars. We've never seen um, 5 billion people quarantining and sitting at home, uh, you know, in a cosmic timeout session. There is a plague of locusts over Somalia and Kenya and East Africa right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. It might be that Kim Jong-un, the dictator of North Korea, is dead I mean, this is all happening at the same time. And so it would behoove us to not only think in terms of our personal desires to want to get back to work and shopping and meeting, Mm -hmm. but to look at the sign of the times. Mm -hmm. And I am not a prognosticator, but when when there are big shifts, 
you don't want to be caught off guard. Mm-hmm. And, and that's why you and I were talking about Luke. Well, in Luke, at the end of Luke 12, uh, Jesus talks about interpreting the signs of the times. He says in verse, verses 54 through 56, he also said to the crowds, when you see a cloud rising in the west, right away you say, a storm is coming, and so it does. When the south wind is blowing, you say, it's going to be hot, and it is. Hypocrites, you know how to interpret the appearance of the earth and the sky, but why don't you know how to interpret this present time? Yeah. Now, Jesus is specifically talking about that the Christ has come. The kingdom of God is here in their midst. Right, the he's first doing, coming. He's doing Except all the these coming. signs and wonders declare that which um, validate that he is the Messiah. Right. And, he, and the very next verses all talk about um, taking, you know, taking the opportunity to repent before judgment comes. So yeah. in ver- in chapter yeah. thirteen, he says, "Unless you repent, you will all perish as well." And in right after the passage I read, he talks about going, you know, when someone is dragging you before a judge, you want to come to an agreement with them before you stand before the judge, because then it's too late uh, to receive a pardon. So well, you have to go back to it in Luke twelve because he's first talking to his disciples, and he, he says in Luke twelve, he says, "Don't be afraid of those who kill the body." Mm-hmm. and can do no more mm-hmm. you know fear him who can throw you into hell mm-hmm. but then he, he and he talks about you're going to be um standing in front of mm-hmm. synagogues rulers and authorities mm-hmm. that's the twelve eleven. but then he says be dressed ready for service mm-hmm. keep your lamps burning like men waiting for their master to return from a wedding banquet mm-hmm. so that when he comes and knocks they can immediately open the door for him. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them watching. Mm-hmm. When it comes, this is Luke twelve thirty-five through thirty-seven, mm-hmm. and 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 so on. So Jesus is. And then in verse forty, right after that, he says, "Be all you also be ready, because the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect." And that's right. I mean, we just read Daniel seven. Yeah about what he's referring to with the Son of Man, his his return. So someone was asking me what I thought of the rapture, and I said, truthfully, I'm not in the crowd that pulls out the charts and this, that, and the other. However, it, it, in some, because good, loving Christians have disagreed on these different points for 2,000 years, so... It's not like there's I, a lot we we don't well, know. It, it's not like I have any more insight. We all have the same <laughs> word word of the Lord. How, however, it's just important. It says just to be ready, mm-hmm. and and so I what I said is it kind of doesn't matter mm-hmm. because our our you know Pastor Troy likes to say we're not on the planning committee. We're on the welcoming committee. I love that. But the welcoming committee is not just hey, great you're here Jesus. We're also in the banqueting table preparation committee mm-hmm. for all nations, mm-hmm. and and so it, regardless of whether he comes in this lifetime or a thousand years from now, okay, I can I can hold preterist, premill, amill, postmill, and say it doesn't matter. We still have to go to the nations because he's commanded us mm-hmm. to do that. Mm-hmm. That's my point. There are still three and a half billion people who have mm-hmm. never heard the name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what your millennial views are. Mm-hmm. They still need to know. 
who Jesus is. And period. so and so looking at Luke 12 saying, okay, you know how to look at the weather and say, oh, it looks like it's going to rain. Look at the signs of the times. Look at what's happening now. And like coronavirus, for example, something is happening that has never happened in the history, in the history. of the world. You know, in Daniel 9, where you were quoting from verse 12, um, that under the whole heaven there has not been done anything like what has been done against Jerusalem. But then verse 13 says, As it is written in the law of Moses, all this calamity has come upon us, yet we have not entreated the favor of the Lord our God, turning from our iniquities and gaining insight by your truth. Yeah. And so um, just there is a... We have to be careful, and Jesus is saying the same thing in Luke 12, like, know the times, and what is the appropriate response when you see the sign of the times? The first and foremost, what we see in Luke 12 and in Daniel 9 is repentance. Right. And so, you know, for Christians... It's not to bust out the charts. No, but for Christians, you know, we must take this opportunity to say, what in my life is not... Yeah. is not aligned, God, with your vision and your truth. And yes. how do I get that in line? Not go back to normal. Not go back to chasing everything I was chasing before. Like you've said many times, God has like put the planet on a cosmic timeout. And, and you know, there are things happening in terms of like sharing the gospel with neighbors, or spending time with family and raising our own children, um, family worship and devotions, there are things happening which should have been happening all along, and now God has given us, you know, the opportunity to obey his word. And so we really need to take this opportunity to turn from our idolatries and the things that we were chasing after, which were not the kingdom of God, and and turn and chase the kingdom of God. And then with that comes a desire, like Daniel, not just to repent for our own sins, but to say, this is not just a, a calamity that's coming upon me. This yeah. is something happening to the whole planet. So so what do I need to pray for in terms of the whole planet? And how do I recognize, oh, this sign of the time means may mean that Christ is returning. Um, and so, you know, people, if they don't repent, as Jesus himself said, unless you repent, you will all perish as well. And so we pray. And Daniel said that too. And Daniel said that. So as we, we pray, we fast and pray for others so that they might repent and come to a saving knowledge of God, turning from idolatry, turning from the worship of false gods. Yeah which includes, you know, religious aspects, but it also includes things like money and the American dream and sports and all of the things that we're chasing. Um, It would be... This is Daniel gives us the example of praying on behalf of others. It would be, in my estimation, and it's a spiritual disaster if after all of COVID is done, like we find a vaccine and everybody just gets back to... Eating and drinking and marrying and giving their sons and daughters in marriage like as in the days of Noah and mm-hmm. the American dream and going to college mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's like we did we learned nothing mm-hmm. and then it would it's just interesting because it says Luke uh, Daniel nine fourteen the Lord did not hesitate to bring disaster upon us for the Lord our God is righteous mm-hmm. in everything He does yet we have not obeyed Him it yeah, people have a hard time understanding God's judgment because mm-hmm. we only want to think about him as the big sugar daddy in the sky. Well, I mean, even this morning I was reading in Exodus 34 
and this really struck me. It says that the Lord passed by Moses and and um, proclaimed his name, right? What he is like in verse six of Exodus thirty four says, the the Lord passed before him and proclaimed, the Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. And I thought, yes, 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 this is our God. This is the God I know, the God of grace who through Christ has uh, forgiven our sins. And he is so patient. I'm so thankful he's so patient and gracious and slow to anger and merciful so loving and faithful. And then the very next words say, but these are the words of God himself describing himself, that he is um, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, but who will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. This is what God has said about himself. And, And I was thinking like, this feels like a contradiction. In the, right. same, in the same sentence, he says, I am the God who forgives sin and transgression and yeah. iniquity. Yeah. I'm merciful, I'm gracious, I'm forgiving. Yeah. And then in the same sentence, he says, but I, but I will by no means clear the guilty. The guilty will not go free. There must be a punishment for sin. And so we were talking before the podcast, like, <clears throat> how, how does this make any sense? How can God both say, I forgive sin and the guilty will not go free. I will punish them and their children's children. And and the difference, what makes the difference is repentance. Sin that is repented of is forgiven. Because because Christ Christ paid, yeah, because Jesus paid, he paid for the guilt of that sin. Because without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sins, it says in Hebrews 9. So, So because... Um, all sin in God's eyes must have punishment. He says, by no means he will clear the guilty. Yeah. All sin must be punished. But because of the blood of Christ, when we turn and receive uh, the gift of eternal life, because our sins have been forgiven, and that comes through repentance, then we can have our sin forgiven and we can know God as this merciful, gracious, slow to anger God um, who is forgiving our sin. Well, and the truth of the matter is, is he is incredibly patient, Mm -hmm. as the scripture says, and very slow to bring about these disasters. He waits hundreds of years in the biblical record. Yeah, thousands in our experience. And he keeps imploring and pleading. and, And so... We shouldn't view God as as um, pedantic and and just haphazard in his judgments. He's incredibly, as the scripture says, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. However, his judgments are just, mm-hmm. and and we should not warp our theology um, because we don't like the fact that he brings disasters. Mm. Now, I am not making uh, a pronouncement about COVID as it is, because I don't know. Right. All I'm saying is, if it is, it's just. That's all I'm saying. Everything that he does Everything he does is just. We shouldn't be so quick to say, oh, no, no, my God would never do something like this. Well, Mm. he did it to Pharaoh, Mm -hmm. and he wiped out all the earth during the days of Noah. Part of the reason why we have this motif of the ark is... 
you have to get ready if this is if this is the end of the end. Mm-hmm. But the point being is there are characters all around the world in place for mm-hmm. all sorts of stuff to happen mm-hmm. that is happening now with Saudi and Russia colluding against us on the oil front, mm-hmm. Kim Jong-un, mm-hmm. uh, President Trump. Like It's like it's ready-made for her. If this were the end, it's ready-made for it. Mm-hmm. So we're not saying it is because mm-hmm. we don't know. No, no one but knows. But you got to get ready. That's the message of Luke. The message of Luke too, yeah, is be ready. Be ready because the Son of Man is coming at an hour you don't expect. And the response to seeing the signs of the times in Luke 12 and 13 is repent. And yes. it's not just By the me, way, it's not just a personal repentance that Daniel's example shows us. We repent on behalf of the nation, we repent on behalf of the nations. Church. Yeah, and the and American church. The American church. So so that is a part of our daily prayer routine is yeah. repenting of our own sin. We which we must do and repenting on behalf of so why don't we close in prayer okay um lord god just like daniel fasted and prayed on behalf of israel we stand in the gap on behalf of this great nation that we love we love this country it's a land of boundless opportunity and freedom and yet in the blessings of freedom how quickly do we forget you we forget that you are the creator of wealth you give the power to create wealth you bless us with innumerable resources and freedoms in this land and so quickly we turn our mind and attention to sports to school and college and chasing the american dream and our careers and our recreation and our boats and our houses and our second homes and home projects and it the list is endless and somewhere in that busyness we have literally put you at the bottom of the list and so lord on behalf of america we repent and lord i'm sorry for all the times i do this i repent our family repents we are so sorry so lord we acknowledge you're number one and you're not only number one you are in your own category you are high and exalted that Nothing else should even compare to you. So may our affections and our devotion be completely, wholeheartedly toward you and the glory of your name. And so would you use the COVID quarantine to turn our wayward hearts to you and to love you. And we do love you, Jesus, for everything you did by coming to earth, paying the sacrifice that only you could pay on the cross and rising again triumphing over sin, hell, Satan, and death in great glory. And we acknowledge that only you can do these things. And so you deserve all praise, honor, and glory. Amen. Amen.